once again, you're listening to What's Up Aboard, the podcast. For those of you who may not know, this is a podcast that focuses on love, life, relationships, and everything in between. Everyone has a story to tell. I just want to know, what's yours? With that being said, one of the weekly goals of this podcast is to help people like you learn from our guests and comprehend information from a different lens of perspective. To all the listeners out there, both old and new, salute. Now let's begin this episode. Over to you, Wardy Ward. Welcome back to What's Up Reward, the podcast. I encourage everyone to kindly hit that like, subscribe, and follow button to always be up on the current episodes and also to go back and hear some of your favorite ones from the past. My name is Wardy Ward, and I'm going to be your captain on this podcast today. But before we get started and introduce our guests, I just want to share just a little fact here. I like to do a lot of useless research. And one thing I found out today that uh, Subway is going to be giving away subs for life. All you have to do is get a 12 by 12 inch tattoo on your chest or back of the Subway logo and they'll give you a sub sandwich for life. Now, me being a thinking person that I am, I was thinking if I was a tattoo artist, I would just give all the homeless people tattoos on their back, solve the hunger problem in the city and be a hero, but that's just me. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started with the show. It's time to introduce our guest. She resides in the state that's round on the outside and high in the middle. That's Ohio, if you didn't get that. Um, she's an eye specialist, and I'm gonna let her explain what that means. And she's also um, active in her community, helping out people doing a lot of things like that. And she's a veteran of marriage for at least 22 years. Maybe she can give us some advice on that as well too. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Julie Green, and we call her Jules to the show today. Hello, Jules, how are you? How are you? All right, right. Glad to have you here. All right, Jules. All right. Let's go ahead and get started. I'm actually a retina technician. Retina technician. Okay. I'm glad you cleared yeah. that up. Uh, I, what did I say? Eye specialist? Uh, yeah. Oh, I wish. I don't have those letters behind my name. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, I, um, I've been doing it for five years now. Five years. Okay. That, that's a long time. How long you got to be there to be vested? Um, five years, but you know, I, it's a continuing education. So I really, I enjoy what I do. Before that, I was a landscaper for 22 years. So okay. it was quite a change. Oh yeah. I want to talk to you about that too. But before we get started, tell us a little bit about you. How would you describe yourself? Um, I think I'm just one of the guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love uh, football. I love, um, Lots of activities, lots of things that are humorous. I am a great uh, band, live music band lover. Um, I often go out and see a lot of my friends who play in bands. Um, so I just, you know, enjoy just things, things that make me happy. Yes. So that's me. I just try to be calm. Doesn't always work, but I try to be calm. Okay. <laughs> now, now, do you? I have a hidden talent where most people don't know that I can play the triangle really good that's all about timing you know you gotta hit that right at the right time and that's what i do so I, I don't really let everybody know i have that talent but you know it's my talent what about you do you have any hidden talents that uh, we need to know about um i do actually um i started off playing the violin Ooh. and then i learned to play the clarinet and the bass clarinet um i enjoyed that very much it wasn't a talent but i enjoyed it i guess that would be my hidden talent yeah. You said a bass clarinet? Yeah, I loved it. It's like, it's bigger than a tenor sax. It actually has a stand and sits on the floor. So it's really big. Mm. Um, when I was in high school, I didn't march with it. I just marched with a clarinet. I used the uh, bass clarinet for concert band because it's really big. Okay. All right. So um, where did you grow up at, Jules? Um, Cincinnati. Okay. Born and raised here? Yes, home of the Bengals. Yay! Oh, okay, you're a Bengals fan? Oh, yeah. Love football, man. Okay. They're kind of like the Colts. They really don't ever win, do they? Yeah, they did this last year. Come on now. We made it to the Super Bowl. We didn't oh, win. did they? 
I'm probably one of a few guys who doesn't watch football, so I, I don't know what's going on there. So yeah, so you guys got in the day. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we got there. We just didn't win it. So hopefully this year, you know, yeah. hopefully Joe's got it going on this year. Right, yeah, this might be a year. So <clears throat> do you have any family overseas or, or what's your background or nationality? Let me ask that too. Um, my father's family came over from Germany in about 1900. Oh. And my mom's family has been here since pre-revolutionary war days. So um, my mom's family is English and Scottish and my dad, they're all German. Okay, German. So do you speak any foreign languages? Um, well, I took German. I understand it. I don't, I can't always reply to it, but I understand it. Um, I took Spanish, ha ha. <laughs> Como se llama? I can say a few words. Mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. order the same boring stuff if I went to uh, somewhere in a Spanish-speaking country, but you know, I I would have something to eat anyway. Okay, well, good, good. You got the bases covered. All right, now we got that out the way. I want to talk about your job a little bit. So again, retinal technician. Yeah. Okay, to so make sure I got that right. How did you get in this field? Um. When I got divorced, my ex-husband and I had a landscaping company, and um, so I had to give up my share of the company. So um, I had always done retail, like through winters and, you know, when I was younger. So um, I started working for a retail, and then a friend of mine taught me into um, being a leasing agent, which I discovered was not me. Mm. It was a horrible, I, I hated it. So um, a friend of mine, she said, hey, my nephew, they're looking for um, people to work at the Cincinnati Art Institute. So okay. would you like to go and see what it's like? So I was like, you know, sure. You know, sure, I'll, I'll do a janitor at this point. Anything to get out of retail. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. And so um, I went and followed him for the day. And um, I said, you know, I think I can do this. It was it was the, a crash course, sort of. The doctor I uh, shadowed gave an eye injection and so i i was like wow "Wow." and so he turned the doctor turned to me and he said hey if you can stand here and look at this you'll be all right so i said okay i'm gonna try for (laughs) well you (laughs) said the eye injection you mean he like put a needle in somebody's eye yeah they prepare it and then they um give them the injection in their eye so um it usually there's usually bleeding or swelling and so that's why they need to do it it's really important especially for diabetics mm-hmm. and um so the big boss went on for the interview and so i got hired and they start schooling you right away you don't just get to go in and you know poke around on people's eyes yeah yeah so, so there i started it and the best class i took was the anatomy class i got to um dissect a cow's eye Oh, wow. I loved it. <laughs> now, had you been to college or something before this? Or what were the other requirements um, prior to getting this job? No, I never went to college. My parents didn't prioritize college. Okay. Um, so when I got to CEI, it, part of it is ongoing education. You have to you have to, learn, have to take classes. You have to, um, you know, take certain tests. And it's always ongoing. They want you to continue your education while you're there. Mm. You knew this going in that you're going to have to go back to school? Well, you don't go to school. I mean, they self-educate. Okay. But you have to be educated enough to pass tests. Okay. There are tests that you have to take. Oh, wow. Are you okay with that? I, I hate taking tests. I just like I just want to be done with this. Well, I, I hate them, but... Um, I had to do it when we were land when I was a landscaper. I took tests, chemical tests, and I passed those. So I figured, same mentality, you know, you got to do what you got to do to keep your job. Mm. So I do it. Okay. Don't like it, but I do it. Okay. What What advice would you give someone who was uh, considering this path that you took into to take the roles you're doing now? How would you advise them? Or what would you even say to them? Um, I think I would tell them to give it a shot, um, to read about it first. And if you really are interested to really uh, go and just go on an interview, watch how they do it. 
Um, I think you would like it. Most people have to, you have to really care about people. Um, most of my patients are elderly, mm. and they um, I just love my little old people. <laughs> <laughs> and they love me, and they know me, and they are excited when they see me, and you know, they just deserve respect. I think that's one of the most important aspects of my job is to show them I respect them and their dignity because so many older people do not get that from their world and I really want them to have it and when they're with me I want them to feel good because I don't know what the doctor is going to tell them when they go in there if they're going to lose their eyesight if it's getting worse something's wrong so I want them to have a good experience with me before they have to go in there oh so was that part of your customer service training the ongoing training they teach you to have that compassion well they tell you that but I think I've always been that way um, I've always been the type, I was always the um, protector. Um, somebody was like, needed me to go and talk to somebody, like if they would be mean to them, you know, I'm always the one like, Julie, come help me, go talk to them. <laughs> you know, and so I've always kind of been that way. It's just now I get to do it more concentrated. Okay, I see. So you had mentioned that when you were married, you and your husband had a landscaping business as well. You did that yeah. for over 20 years, you said? Yeah, 22 years. What, yeah. what all did that entail with the landscaping? What, what did you do there? Well, I am not a grass cutter. Um, <laughs> I don't enjoy grass cutting, but I did all the landscaping, like planting flowers, mulching. Um, I was what was called a finisher. So mm. like once the mulch is laid, um, I finish all the edges and make sure that it looks really good. And I like to do hand finishing. I didn't like to use the tools. So that's what I did. That was my part, um, was just the landscaping. My ex-husband actually was a certified bricklayer. So he would do like designs for uh, barbecue grills, walls, glass block walls, like in basement windows, all that kind of stuff. So he was like the designer and did the heavier labor. Okay, let me go back to the beginning of that. So how did you guys say, hey, I wanna start this business with uh, landscaping, did you guys have prior business experience? Uh... Well, no. <laughs> no, I wish. Ooh, it would have been so much better. But yeah. um, no, my um, ex-husband, when we were dating, worked for a lawn company that just did fertilizing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he said he knew he could do better on his own. So after we were married for a while, um, he decided that's what we should do. So we started this company and he already had customers ready and waiting so it, that part was good yeah that's what I was going to ask you how did he get the customers so quick are, are you saying he took the customers from the pre from your other job no I am not <laughs> okay okay <laughs> wow they just, no. so he just um, they were just people that he had met like through life you know like in his life experience with people he knew and uh, they told him, hey, if you ever start your own business, let us know and we will be your customer. So we started off with like a lot of residential um, people that he knew, like um, his boyhood um, neighbor. Uh-huh. Um, he had known since he was a little boy. He, he had a prop rental properties. So it just kind of word of mouth. Okay. And we just started building. But no, he didn't steal any green thumbs <laughs> up Okay. <to> her. <laughs> okay. So when you guys first started out, were, were you making money right away or was this a uh, process of ramping that up to getting comfortable? Well, let's see. How do I describe it without sounding bitter? Um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I went through all the hard work with him, the slow buildup, and now he's really doing well and successful with his new wife. Uh oh. Uh oh. So, so it's it's like okay, I I was there for all the build up, but somebody else enjoys the easy, you know, the easy stuff. So but, him him and her are running the business now. Yeah. Because I think you you alluded to earlier. You said that he bought you out. Well, uh, not exactly. Hmm. I um I agreed to let go of it. Okay. Okay. That's easier. You being a bigger person there? More or less. And more or less because it, it, it would have been really bad. He, you know, people in the heat of anger say and do a lot of things. They regret things later and they try to make it up later. Yeah. But, you know, and he's done, and he's changed a lot. And um, he's done 
better by me as time went on. Oh. So I'm, I'm not really angry or bitter. I was just playing, but you know, he's he's really made it up to me. A lot of the stuff that happened during that time period. Yeah. I hold all the licenses because I passed all the tests. So. so you have you currently hold the licenses to his business in 2022. The chemical licenses, yes. So he needs you, or needs us. Yeah, well, if he <laughs> wants to use chemical. If he wants to use chemicals, yes. I have like, uh, um, like for railway, rail, uh, you know, like Duke Energy properties, like yeah. inside substations, railroad tracks, um, just like yawn, um, yawn, lawn um, fertilizations to buy the chemicals. I hold all those licenses and I hold a 30 hour OSHA. He has a 30 hour OSHA, but I hold the, the, the uh, chemical license. Is that a challenging test to get? Oh, yeah. I never want to do it again. That's why I maintain it. Every three years I go to school because it's too, I I don't even know if I could pass the test again if I went. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, wow, that, that's good. So he, so you can just charge him. I'm just fascinated by this. He, you could charge him if he wants to say, hey, I need to do this. Well, okay, yeah, give me whatever. And, uh, you know, I'll come over and do whatever. That's kind of how it works. <laughs> Well, a- you know, I, I have it in escrow right now, my licenses, because he's not using chemicals right now. Okay. But if he wants to use the chemicals, um, he has to use what I have, the licenses. It was part of our divorce, not so much the settlement, but the escaping easily. Okay. Well, I was married before, too, and I know marriages are always challenging i guess or they they shouldn't be but let, let me ask you a few questions about that do you okay. think a do you think a couple can live together without ever arguing <laughs> oh you're a funny man <laughs> i always, I always uh, ask that I, I think it i guess it is possible i've never had that but um i think it's the solving of the issue very quickly i don't think you should let things go you know too long maybe if you want to cool down for a couple hours and then you know talk about it that's one thing but i don't think you should do a prolonged anger thing i think you should solve it quickly um i don't think i don't know i'm coming from a family and you know like growing up and then marriage my parents argued you know but they loved each other and they worked it out and so that's the example I use too. Is just if you're mad, okay, be mad, but then work it out and deal with it. I think it's people who don't deal with it that have a bigger problem. Yeah, yeah. Th- those unresolved issues seem to come up over and over again because you right. really didn't address it. So right. let's just say we could build a time machine and we could go back to knowing what you know now. You have ten <laughs> minutes to talk to young Jules before you say I do. Knowing everything you happened, knowing everything happened over the last 22 years, what would you tell yourself in those precious 10 minutes? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> we, we really, you know, we, it wasn't that our backgrounds were different. It wasn't that we were a biracial couple. It wasn't anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just, we were not compatible as people. In the, not beginning, really. in the beginning, you weren't compatible? The things we had in common were really not enough to, I think we're happier now as friends. I mean, now we're really close friends. We really are. We are close friends, but we don't live together. Okay. So much happier as friends. Yeah, I, I would just don't do it. For me, I don't say anybody else. For me, don't do it. So when you did it, did you have any reservations? I was like, uh, red flags, as they say now. So you want to know the truth? Yeah, give it to me. Let's go ahead. Let's, let's just be true for one. I was older than him. And it was, uh, it, for him, it was always an issue. Like, he would get mad if I would say anything about my age compared to his. And it really was, it was only six years. But to him, it was a big deal. Hmm. And, um... You know, race was never a problem, you know, because we were a biracial couple and it never, ever, ever came up as a problem, but our age did. 
you said you were were biracial. Yes. So oh, he's African American or Hispanic. Yes. Yes. Okay. He's African American. Yes. Okay. And he had an issue with your age. Age, yeah, not not our race. We never. In fact, that was one thing that was a uniting factor for us. We were always um, we embraced our differences. We oh. really did. We embraced our differences. We come from totally different backgrounds, totally different lifestyles. Um, and that was never an issue, but age was for some crazy reason. <laughs> Six years is not a lot. I didn't think so, but he he seemed more embarrassed that I was older than him, and he didn't want me to tell people that. It got it irritated him greatly. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Sh- I'm sure nobody could really tell, or I I don't want to you know judge him. We all hard on him, but okay, all right. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, do you think you were a good forgiver in a relationship? Because I think for me, that was a challenge when I was uh, first got married because I, I don't know about you, but it seemed like you come into a marriage, we have expectations or preconceived ideas of what we think it should look like. Right. So were you a good forgiver? I think I was very forgiving. I I think I was the most, I, most of the two of us, I was the most forgiving. Okay. I would, you know, let stuff pass. Uh, probably I shouldn't have. Probably a lot of things I should have spoke up about and been stronger on. Mm-hmm. But it was, so, it made things so rough that I finally was just like, okay, <laughs> have it your way, enjoy. Yeah. I just didn't want to argue all the time. I yeah. came from a family of arguers, and I just, I just didn't want to do it. So that was common your uh, when you were a child to see uh, other family members uh, disagreeing and arguing like that? Everything was an argument. Like, you couldn't just have a conversation. Somehow it always turned into an argument or, you know, you know, name calling or, you know, oh, you know. In fact, one of my um, close relatives, we always call each other fat boy, fat girl. Okay. (laughs) It never went away. (laughs) We're really, we're grown-ups now, but we still call each other that. So that, you know, that was just our atmosphere. Yeah. So, so I didn't know that. I mean, like, I think forgiving is important, though. You got to get over stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's easier said than done. I think we want to. But for me, I think for me to get over things, I have to talk it out. And mm-hmm. the best uh, best apology for me is a changed uh, course, changed actions. And so if you really can't get out how I'm feeling and you get the gravity of what I'm saying and I get what you're saying, then we figure out how we're going to do it next time. It tends to repeat itself over and over again because, you know, I, in my, my uh, marriage, uh, my wife would clam up. That was it. When she clammed up, we, we, we wouldn't talk. We, we I call it arguing in silence for three weeks. No conversation. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think... Um... If you know that about you, that you're not forgiving quickly, I do think discussion is important. Um, and I agree, you need to find solutions for that because silence is silence is deadly. Yeah. Silence is deadly. Yeah. Um, I agree that you cannot you cannot do it. It right. solves nothing, nothing and it creates all. resentment, and, and resentment doesn't go away very quickly. Right. Yeah, I found that when when I was arguing in silence. I would tend to replay things over in my mind from my perspective of what I thought happened. Each day that went by, I didn't discuss it. It was cemented in there. Like, oh yeah, see, I knew it. I knew she put the extra salt in there because she knew I don't like salt. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, just (laughs) stupid stuff there. But you know what? Some of that can just be differences of uh, how you were raised and you know, like the atmosphere that you came from. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can, it's not really against you, but you feel like it is, but truly it's not. It's just that that person has a totally different way of doing things. Yes. And you know, I always say that it's like the toothpaste, the toothpaste tube. Everybody argues over that. The lid off, lid on, squeeze in the middle, squeeze in the end. It's just because you come from bif- different backgrounds, man. Buy the little squeezy thing that squeezes it up and you don't have to worry about it. You Problem know? solved. There I it is. <laughs> find that simple solution and just stop sweating the stupid stuff you know yeah. what I think that's another thing when you sweat the stupid stuff uh-huh. it's so time consuming 
me, man. You could be going on a picnic and enjoying each other's company. Yes. Instead of arguing over stupid stuff. I don't have time for stupid. If you're stupid, don't talk to me. <laughs> Call somebody else. That's be on a t-shirt. Is it on right. Yeah. Stop wasting my time with stupid. Um, what did what did you learn about yourself over this over these, those twenty two years of marriage? I think I learned I was too kind. Um, I think I learned that I was settling for what I shouldn't have. Ooh, settling. Yeah. Hmm. I think I settled for second best. I always put myself last. And I don't think I should have done that all the time. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. in the end, I had nothing. Like, without getting to in your business, what do you think you, during that marriage, what could you have done to not settle? Just maybe more vocal or just... Um, more vocal, more vocal and not allowed um, myself to be second best. Like if I wanted to go to a restaurant and get chicken instead of a hot dog, I should have done that. I should not have been allowed myself to be made less because he wanted more. Oh, so, so you sound like you were a pleaser, a people pleaser in a way. You, um, I just wanted peace. Okay. I can respect and that. And I didn't want to fuss. I didn't, you know, it's like, it was just, sometimes it was just too much. Like, I, oh, uh, money was always an issue, Finance? honestly. Yeah, yeah did, money. Did you guys talk about finances before you got married? Yes and no, um, but bad decisions got made, and um, I took the blame for stuff I shouldn't have. Oh, wow. So, so you, ha- you handled like the finances? It was your fault. <laughs> I wanted to, but he wouldn't let me. I think I would have done a lot better job. Okay. Now, yeah. I talked to a lot of guests on this show, and I asked this question when it comes to finances. Should couples have a joint bank account? What's your thoughts? Um, I have mixed feelings on it. If I do agree to a certain degree, you should. I think you should have a mixed pot. But I don't think it's a bad thing to have a savings account of your own. Mm. I, I just don't. I, I really believe you should mix your money to a majority, majority, because mm. the household needs to function properly. And you need to be happy as a couple. Like if you want to go on vacation, the money's there, great. But I also don't have a problem with if the husband or the wife wants to save a little cash on the side. In emergencies, I think they should share it. If you know you have it, mm-hmm. it'll solve problems perhaps, but I don't think it's wrong necessarily to save on the side. Okay. I, I guess I can say I've always been under the, the mindset of having a joint one because I figure if we you got your account, I got my account, and then rent's due and you don't have your half of the money, I'm like, well, I guess we're homeless, you know, because you don't have your half. What are you going to do? Can you borrow money from your spouse? I don't even know how that works, but. Well, when I got divorced, I got left with $150 to my name. Hmm. Was that a 50-50 split or he took more? (laughs) No, I got left with nothing. So were you guys friends at the end of the relationship? No. Oh, so. So that's why you would tell yourself that 10 minute conversation. Just don't do it. You just appear. Don't do it and walk away. (laughs) <laughs> trust Deuces. me Deuces. <laughs> just trust me and leave <laughs> like what was Deuces. that about <laughs> it took time you know I'm not gonna lie it took time to be at peace like we are now but we've been divorced for 11 years okay. so like enough time has passed that there's no more hard feelings we've worked through the anger all that's gone but okay. at the very divorce time we, we did it peacefully. We divorced peacefully, but we were not friends. When you went through that divorce, did you feel kind of ostracized in the public or did you feel ashamed at all? Or I was not ashamed because I knew I had done nothing wrong. Okay. And it was not me. I didn't do, I didn't commit adultery. I didn't, I didn't do any of that stuff. Even though the things were bad, I did not go outside my marriage. I did I, I was still there. I was still trying. Mm-hmm. Still working myself to death. 
he yeah. chose a different route. So I knew I didn't do anything wrong. So, so, so technically, huh? Technically, if things hadn't have changed or hadn't have whatever fell off the track, y'all would have thirty-three years in right now. Yeah, if he when his mom died, it was he just kind of fell apart as well, and um, you know maybe things would have been different. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. It's hard to look back and know exactly where to put your finger exactly because it was like a few multiple issues yes yeah i understand so it's hard to say oh it was this if this would have not happened you know i don't know yeah i just know it ended badly and he's happier now and i'm happier now <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think that we're a little like our parents uh we kind of whether we want to admit it or not I'm kind of like how my mom and dad was, and he's kind of like how his mom and dad was, and with a new twist to it. Um, hmm. I don't think my ex is like his parents at all. Um, he views life very differently, especially relationships than his parents. They had ten kids. Oh wow! So they did a lot to stay together for the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll um, do it. My parents. My, my parents, ah, uh, wow. You know, that's a good question. I have to analyze it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> they loved each other. They really did. But they, you know, there was a lot of rough moments. I used to tell mom I'd live with grandma if they ever got divorced. Mm, mm. Where, where was your uh, ex-husband? Where was he uh, born at? Where was he from? He's from here. Born and raised in Ohio, too. Yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And what about his parents? Were they from the same area as well? No, we went to actually rival high schools. Oh, okay. Uh, but, so. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're Cincinnati kids. Okay. Definitely. Were um were there any challenges to being in an interracial marriage? I know 22 years ago things were getting better. It wasn't like it was in the 70s. But did you guys have any challenges as uh, far as from outside? I think people are closet racist. And mm. so um, as long as they didn't touch me, I really didn't care. They can yeah. stare till the cows come home. Uh, they can say whatever they want to. Uh, we've only, I, we only had a few real incidents where people were super nasty. Mm. But we both were the type that was like, just don't touch me. Do what right. you want, but don't. Like yeah. I know, one time we went to a restaurant, and uh, it was like a uh, they fill your container and you leave. It was not a, like a restaurant restaurant. Okay. And the lady was African American that was dishing up, and she felt like I was trying to be black. But <laughs> my family's all from the South, so yeah. we eat soul food. To me, is Southern cooking. I don't really know the difference because my family cooked the same way. So Derek and I never had a problem food-wise. Yeah. She felt I was trying to be black, and she was throwing my food around. And she was literally throwing my food, and I just looked at her. But Derek, he really got upset, and he 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 yelled at her. But I just wanted to get out of there at that point. But um, yeah, I can't believe she. I don't see really what... a lot of incidents. But we're, we were the type who didn't care. Like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I don't understand why other people care about somebody else who they don't even know. It, I, I just never understood that because uh, I don't understand race. I guess I do understand that. I mean, we know the root cause of why racism is there right. from a spiritual aspect. But when, in people's mind, I wonder what do they think? I think I'm, nobody can really, well, I don't know. I don't think you wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to go out and find an interracial couple and just wreak <laughs> havoc on their life. I don't think you you really plan on that. But what in that moment makes you feel like I could really get into his or her business? I just don't get it. So I can imagine. I think, well, you know, I think some people wish they could do it or they would like to do it or they'd like to feel as comfortable as you do. But they don't. And they don't understand how you do. And I think that's part of the issue is they want to be like that, but they can't. Something holds them back. And um, I, I think they just project what they've grown up with. Yeah, yeah. I think that the was climate... a predominantly black high school. Um, my ex did too. And 
So it was not a life changing event to be to marry a black man. It just wasn't. Yeah. And did you find when you were in school that the the younger people or people your age really didn't have an issue with it? Is, is no, that what you found? We were, we were teens in the seventies, you right. know, and our parents most of the parents were hippies and the you know, age of love and freedom and yeah. you know. <laughs> So I, I, there was some kids who had an issue. There were. I won't lie. There was some who, yeah, they showed out. But, uh-huh. but the majority, we just didn't really care, man. There was too much going on, and yeah. weed was free. Yep, yep. That, that's how I, I see it. Sorry, too. It's like most young people really don't care. I think it's, unfortunately, the older generation has been through some things, and they try to uh, pass that on to their offspring whether they knowingly do it or or you know inadvertently but unfortunately it's, it's a reality i think it's coming back a little bit though <laughs> oh yeah you can see that i mean right now the whole world's falling apart man it's just it's just crazy um let me ask you this what, what did you what did you think your ex-husband liked most about you um you know what he really he told me this um Ooh. he liked the fact that i'm outgoing and I have a sense of humor and I made him feel like he didn't have to carry the ball of conversation. Like if he was stuck or he felt him shy or something, he knew I was going to dig him out or, you know, make him feel like it's okay. You know, uh-huh. cool. You, you yeah. think anything? That's all right. Let's talk about this. What do you think? And so he always knew I was there and I had his back. So, so he said guys- that was always his favorite thing. Balance. Right. That's good. Because I'm outgoing and I like to talk to people. He is not. He's one of those people that they'll just stand there and never say a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm. I like to talk to people, meet people. You know, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. So you never met a stranger. No. And you know, it's funny. People talk. Like I can get on a bus, not speak to anybody. And suddenly, somebody's sitting with me and telling me their life story, and I'm like. <laughs> Okay. How did we get here? <laughs> okay. Yeah. What else do you think? <laughs> what, what did you, I'm just one of those people. What did you like most about him? Um, the fact that he was so caring about people. Even though he was quiet and shy, he really cared about people. Like one time this elderly friend, um, she was trying to get in her wheelchair and trying to manipulate and she couldn't do it and all these people were standing around her he saw it from a distance and he was right there helping her and taking care of her never was nobody had to ask him to do that okay. he was very compassionate anybody needed help he was right there yeah. and even if they called in the middle of the night and they were in the hospital and he had to get up and go we got up and went and that made me fall in love with him every time every yeah. time it happened I watched him do that it just made me love him more. That's that's nice. Like that's nice. I can tell you guys are, are friends now and you got in a better place. I was yeah. once I was once told that any relationship can be saved, can be worked out. Do you agree with that? I do. Yeah. But it has to be willing on both sides. If yeah. it's only one side, you know, forget it. But yeah. you know, Derek and I we went through so much loss of our parents, loss of oh, grandparents, wow. um, loss of siblings. I mean, we went through, our marriage went through a lot of things. And in the end, there's a security of knowing that this person has gone through what you have. And if you need them, you can turn to them. Even mm-hmm. when we were in the middle of our divorce, um, he was so stressed, he thought he was having a heart attack. Oh, no. All the people who called. He called me. Would you go to the hospital with me? I'm like, okay. So we went. I went to the hospital with him. You know, we sat through all the tests, and because he knew he felt secure enough that he knew I was going to be there. Wow. And we're still like that. You know, when his brother died, he called me, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, my brother just died," and you know, so it's it's good. You know, that's what I mean. We're happier as friends than we were married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I told my ex-wife. I said, we'll be better friends than we were marriage mates. I knew that. I, I think for me, it was because I um, I didn't feel like I was responsible for her anymore. So I was like... Right. <laughs> I understand that. 
Oh. Yeah, you got a problem? Go home to your wife. Right, right. Yeah, see you later. It's like, oh, that's too bad. All right, gotta go. But um, <laughs> do you think men are difficult? I know because, and uh, you know, women are thought to be the interjection of men. You know, and not, in, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean just, you know, he's a man, and then I respect his position. And I'm a woman. That's a, a wonderful role to be in to respect that. But do you think men are difficult, stubborn? I guess, or too much power, I guess. Uh, I think in the beginning of our marriage, he did. He felt like he had to, you know, my way or no way. It should be a certain way. And um, he he had to learn to loosen up on that. Mm. You know, just because I like to fold the towels a certain way doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's different from you. But, you know, those are things I think every couple has to learn. And you need to find what's balance, what the kind of balance is good for you. And mm-hmm. so I really think if you respect each other, I think that's key, man. You have to respect each other and respect that you do things differently. It's not mm-hmm. wrong, it's not better or worse, it's just different. It's different, yeah. Once you accept that, yeah, once you accept that, I think you're much happier. Instead of always having to have it your way or I, I just I think it's just easier to respect it. Did you guys ever really argue about folding the towels? <laughs> well, let me tell you a little story. Go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> when we were newlyweds, um, I'm I was really anal in those days. Mm-hmm. And when he was at work, I went into his drawers and I folded all the clothes a certain way and colorized them. Oh wow, I like that. And he came home and had a cow. <laughs> <laughs> It just, he was like, I don't like it that way. Don't do that anymore. Just put it in the drawer. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. The towels were all folded a certain way in the closet. And and then one day he did laundry and he got mad because I went in and refolded everything and put it away. And he was like, why did you do that? I did a favor for you and I did it. And I was like, I know, I appreciate it, but I really like it like this. Yeah. <laughs> what do, why, do, why do you think he got so upset about that? I think I don't know. I guess he thought I was saying he did it wrong, but I really I wasn't. It's just that was so for me. I had to learn to be less anal. I had to let him. Okay, he likes it a little messier. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, when I was growing up, my parents, my dad, he was he wasn't as nice as my mother was. So I had to either learn to go fix cars in the garage or how to cook. So I tell everybody I can cook a mean chocolate cake now because I made a decision. So when I get right. married, I asked you about the folding tiles because I I had that same argument. I like to fold the tiles in a certain place, nice square, because they fit neat in there right. like that. I just, it just, you know, I like every, like you said, you'd have to learn to compromise. Everybody don't think of the same. I didn't even think about that before I got married. I was just like, okay, cool. Everybody washes clothes and put them away. Nobody sits hey man, that I stuff. I know how to fold corner sheets. Fit the yeah. sheets. I know how to fold those. Yeah, all that stuff. I just assumed that that's how it is. And then when you get married, I was like, yeah, because I've seen couples have some arguments over over who didn't put the cat back on the toothpaste. You know, yeah. it seems, seems like bigger things we can do better. Like if the death of a child, you can deal with that a lot better but you get a divorce because he ate the, the last cereal then replace it i'm like are you serious right. these arguments so yes i think it's just i don't know maybe the person just not new anymore or i don't know this gets his time i had asked asked you earlier about uh should a couple not argue i that's my new philosophy i don't think couples have to argue i really don't anymore and, and i say that because if you can communicate with them or right because we get along with people at work, we might get rubbed the wrong way sometimes, but for the most part, we control ourselves. Right. So, so why can't we do it with somebody who will be there for us if, if like you said, if I gotta go to the hospital, if someone, yeah, what's, what's the difference? So right. I just don't think you have to argue on that. Because my second, re- I, I dated somebody for a while and we never argued. Mm. We just never argued. Um, we, just, we just never did. And it felt good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you find yourself comparing your your new boo with your ex? No. Okay. They were so very different people. Very different. Night and day different. 
so what? I didn't. And that relationship actually, when it ended, hurt me more than my marriage did. Wow. Probably because you were more open and honest with the second guy, weren't you? You probably because you you know what you wanted, what you didn't yeah. want. <laughs> right, right. And I, you know, I had a miscarriage when I was married, and oh, there was a lot of I hid it from him for years. He didn't know I had a miscarriage for years, hmm. and I probably shouldn't have, you know, hid it. But you know, like there was more secrets in my marriage than in my relationship the second time. Oh, sorry to hear that. Did, so you guys don't have any kids from the first no. marriage? Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, now that we're divorced, you know, it's just as well, but yeah. yeah. I just never tried after the miscarriage. Okay. Let me ask you this. If you could get one answer from your past relationship, you could ask your ex anything. What question would you ask him that he had to answer honestly to you about why did we keep secrets? Mm. Yeah. What was what was in our past or what was in our thinking that we kept secrets? I I, I hate secrets. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. Did does he know that you know that about their secrets now, or is that part out and opened it? It's a oh, fact. Yeah. Do you know divorce was like the most cleansing experience ever? I mean, mm. we just brought everything out. Laid it on the table. Well, no, I, we didn't just lay it on the table. We threw it on the table. <laughs> like cards on spade. Wow. Right. Like, jumped you, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we, it was really a cleansing experience because everything was out open and laid out on the table. And I, I told him, I said, you know, if you would have just told me half this crap years ago, maybe we wouldn't be where we are now. Absolutely. But we did. I mean, we did. And it was, a, it was, stupid i would never do that again i would never keep secrets again never yeah that's what baby face <laughs> said never keep a secret do you remember when when you, when you guys first separated was that like a, a lonely feeling but for, for to be like alone in the in the your place um you know i was the only child so i can't really say i felt that type of loneliness i felt a, more a deep sadness um because it felt like I'd been living a lie for years. It really did. It felt like it was a lie. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's, so that's that sense of relief. Like I can definitely see that. All right. Well, Jules, we're gonna move on to our uh, final section of the show. I appreciate your, your your honesty and sharing that information. I know it's not easy to talk about things like that, so I just want to let you know I really value you taking that time to share that with us, because I'm sure somebody else out there has been through similar things and probably wish they would have handled it like that or thinking, hey, you know what? I felt that way too, so that's nice. Yeah. We're going to do a section now called Getting to Know You, or If You Only Knew. I'll just ask you a few rapid-fire questions. Just tell me what's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. What's something that you've always wanted to do but have not done yet, or like a bucket list? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, I guess I have a baby. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, I had two kids. Never wanted kids. I had two. Nobody ever. Nobody ever looks at me and say, "You get, you got, you got kids." They all look around. Yeah, I'm glad I had kids. <laughs> so many things. That, Anyway, love my kids. That's what I say all the time. Um, how do you relax or unwind? Um, I watch, I binge watch uh, British Mystery. Ooh. Oh, Netflix or something? Oh, yeah. Luther's my favorite. I think I've watched it like three times now. Uh, last thing I've been watched was, uh, uh, what's that show called? The Umbrella Academy or something like that? I don't know. I don't know if you saw that one. Uh, I love Idris Elba as Luther, so I, that's what I do. Oh, he's in it? I got to check it out. I didn't know he was in it. I'll check oh, that out. Oh, Luther is like, it's so suspenseful. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to check I that out tonight. Oh, Third <laughs> time I've watched, I'm in the middle of it right now from last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, is there anyone that you feel has been especially supportive to you over the years? that be your ex or... actually I was going to say that okay that's fair my ex really has helped me get through some rough times the last few years Yeah, he really has I have to say he's 
we've we've been through a great friendship now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He supported me through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And my my boyfriend that I was dating. Yeah, him too. He was really supportive in a lot of ways. Mm. He yeah. still is too. If I needed help, he would help me. Okay. Uh, what has taken you a long time to figure out about life? How to have love and keep it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the truth. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a workout. Mental gymnastics, as they call it. It's, it can be that sometimes. They say uh, every seven years, people change, so. Oh, Lord, I'm due. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the cheapest gas price you remember? 59 cents a gallon. 59? Okay. All right. Yeah, I think I, I remember 79. Boy, if we can go back to those days, who knew? Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, but the cars were different then, too. The cars were bigger back in the days. Boats. They were boats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever given or received? Either one. Um, Actually, it was a friend um, about uh, changing situations, actually. Um, he said it's like um, when you replant one pot to another, mm-hmm. the dirt sticks to the roots no matter how much you try to get it off. So when you move from one situation to another, you're going to carry your past with you, whether you want to or not, some pieces of it. So when you replant, you have to remember that you have to deal with the old situation with the new because you're going to have the same feelings, just a new environment. So Ooh. be careful how you deal with the new environment. That's the best advice I ever got from anybody. I like that. That's I've never heard that before, but that that has value. I really like that. I mean, I'm, I'm really thinking about that. I see that you can't get it off. Some things, yeah, that's a good point. I have to write that one down. If you could have dinner with three people, uh, no matter who it was, past, present, what three people would you choose? Oh, wow. Um, I would say... Probably Jeremiah from the Bible, mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I think I really want to talk to um, Malcolm X. Oh, oh, he's one of my favorites. I would. He, I really want to. I really want to because he had such a change in the end of his life on some of his thinking and philosophy. So I, I would just kind of be curious, and then to have him and Abe Lincoln together. <laughs> oh man, that would be <laughs> That would be interesting. I don't think I'd be in that room, but yeah. Why, why Abe Lincoln? He, he's somebody I've studied a lot. I, I know a lot about him. I'm curious what made you pick him. Who, Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. Um, you know, he lived in such a transitory time, and he really, um, he didn't really believe in freedom of slavery at first. Right. Um, but his philosophy did change a little bit, mm. and he, not much, but it right. did to a degree. But then the uh, weight of the, the world, so to speak, was on his shoulders, and mm-hmm. so he aged. I think I look. I think about the pictures where he was so young when he was first president, but by the time he was assassinated, he looked like a really old man. So I just am curious, you know, like the thinking process and and what all really happened in his life. To me, that would be interesting. Yeah, a lot of those presidents age really bad when they go in and out of that office. Well. One of them didn't. The last one, I don't think he did, but uh, the rest of them really did. That's... Well, he was such a narcissist. Come on, <laughs> right? People that surgery. Right. <laughs> well, what's something in your lifetime that changed that you didn't even imagine years ago that would ever evolve? Um, I think my phone. Oh yeah, definitely that. I remember I got grounded one time. Because uh, there was a bad car accident, and I got stuck in traffic, and there was no pay phones around to call home. Mm-hmm. I got grounded, even though I told my mom it was on the news this accident. But my mom, she just like she didn't believe me. She was like, "Oh, you're you're just late, and you just don't want to admit it, man." Yeah. I had a phone. <laughs> <laughs> See that? See? I'll tell you. Never would have dreamed I'd, I'd depend on the cell phone for everything under the sun. It's my calendar, it's my everything. Yeah. My I remember, pictures are all in there. Yep. Everything on the phone. I remember I back like in the, the, when I was a kid, we used to have the phone and you were doing something good if you had that 100 foot cord where you can like walk to the front porch and, you know, oh, you was the man then. 
So yeah, it's like kids just don't even you understand. Drag it, drag it room to room. Yeah, double dutch with it. You know, you, you could do it. It was options there. I think for me, one of the biggest inventions was the the computer. When I when I went to school, I graduated high school in '87, and when I went down to IU Bloomington. My parents sent me with this big word processor. I was like, oh my God, looking back at that thing. And I was like, then the internet now comes along, everything changes. It's just, I just like, wow, my life could have been so different. But I digress, I move on. Two more questions. Last, the second one to the last, cold winters or hot summers? Um, You know, I love the winter time. You can add clothes. Summer, you get arrested for stripping off. So I am a winter girl. <laughs> I definitely would take the summer. I, I, I love hot weather. Uh, I like Ugh. being outside. It's things to do. You can go play basketball. You know, winter. Mm-mm. I was born in Chicago. I, you guys get snow in, in Ohio. A lot of snow, don't you? Sometimes, sometimes. But here's the thing. Romance is wintry, man. You got the fire going and they got the booze. Oh, come on. You can't tell me that doesn't appeal. No. Anything with cold, I'm good on. Uh, it's, just, you gotta... it's not cold. It's not cold that way. Where have you been, dude? <laughs> well, I'm still saying, I'm still associating with winter because you got to go buy stuff. You got to get this. Uh, no, I, I, oh, I hate it. Oh, well, it... man. I do not like summer sweating all over the place. And oh, man. Oh, no. No, no. Wow. No. Did, did you and your ex have a, a problem with uh, the, condition of the house of the uh temperature did he like you know it hot what? i hate to say this but you sound just like him he was a july <laughs> baby loved working outside yeah. sweating yeah, that's what i was thinking it's like mm, if there's there when we were first married i used to open the window in the winter a little bit oh and he, he would say there's snow coming in the window close it right Hated it yep, yep i loved it that's how my wife was she'd always have it she would keep it so cold in the house. I had to keep a shovel with me everywhere I went in the house just to get to something. I was like, this ain't working. All right, final question. If you had to have a celebrity crush, and I think I know who it is, who would you say? Say it again. I didn't hear it. If you had a celebrity crush, who would it oh, be? Oh, yeah. Uh, Not the celebrities are great. I'm just saying. I, uh, I don't know of any, really. Um, I'm not Gary a... Gary Coleman... Huh? Gary Coleman, uh, uh, oh. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> oh, gross. Okay. Um, Idris Elba. Okay. I like him. Okay. And uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, when he was young. Oh. Uh, when he was young. Oh, or Yul Brenner when he was young. Okay, the ball-headed guy. Yeah, but not cool. now because, you know, they old and dead, but... Yeah, right, yeah, of course. Okay, John Wayne seemed like he was a cool dude. He was racist, Ew. but he was he was oh. cool. I like the oh, way he, he carried was, himself. I, I never liked John Wayne. I did. I mean, I know he was racist, but he was so cool and confident with himself. I mean, he come here with his little cigarette out and ching, ching, ching. This is what we're going to do. I was like, oh, that dude is cool. But see, but Yul Brenner was in Westworld, and he scared the living daylights out of me in that movie. The old one or the new one? Oh, he yeah. Oh, okay, the old. Yeah, I remember that because they you know, the new one it was weird, but the old one I gotta see that, but I never saw it. So oh, uh, even though it's hokey, that part of the movie, the end when he would not die, freaked me out. Wow, I'm gonna check that. So that's two things I gotta check out. <laughs> All right. Well, again, Jules, um, can you remind our listeners about what your profession is again? Okay. And, and give them one tip for uh, marriage before we end here. Um, I'm a retina technician. Mm-hmm. Not afraid to get remarried, despite yep. how it was. I'm open to it. Okay. How's that? There you go. All right. And you know yourself now, what you want and what you won't put up with. Right, exactly. Okay, so if somebody fits your criteria out there listening and they try to find you and uh, make sure that they like cold weather. Right. <laughs> wait a minute, I'll deal. Wait a minute, if you're good to me and you're really nice and you're kind, okay, I'll deal with the summer, man. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, we can meet in the fall. There you go, there you go. 
to let her, uh, if any of our listeners want to find out, because you have a lot of funny stuff on your website, if you will accept them as friends, not you have to, what's your social media footprint that they can find you? Uh, Facebook. Definitely Facebook. What, what, That's the only thing I'm using right now. What's the name? Um, You know, I have Julie Conigan Green. There you go. Okay. All right. Conigan Drew. with a K. Got it, with a K. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close this episode out by quoting the UCLA legend and coach John Wooden. And he said these two quotes. He said, failure is not fatal, but a failure to change might be. Do not let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. So on behalf of the What's Up Award podcast, we want to thank Jules for blessing us with her time today. And we want to remind everybody to hit that like, subscribe, and follow button so you can stay up on the latest episode of What's Up Award. Until next time. Peace.